Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Alicia Shanice Reviews Podcast and it's your girl, your host Shanice and I'm tapping back in today. We will get into Cruel Summer. We made it to episode 9 so we only got one more to go. So I did upload a few things this week. I hope you guys checked it out. If you haven't, please tune in. If you are a soap opera soap opera watcher and you like General Hospital, I hadn't watched it in a while, but I went on a uh, rewatched yes Monday's episode and reviewed that. I said I'll tap back in towards the end of the week and recap that, give my thoughts of what I think is gonna uh, my predictions, and uh, we finished up. All 10 episodes of season 1 of Narcos. So if you are into the cartel stuff and you like the crime and all of that, make sure you tap in on that. We're going to start tomorrow on season 2. Then we'll move over to the Mexican cartel and get to going over that for uh, all, both of those seasons. Because I, I think season 3 is on its way out. So we'll go ahead and tap back in and get into that before season 3 hits the mark. And then power will shortly be coming back on as well. So we're gonna get into power. We're gonna get to um, covering the power episodes, and I'm really ready to get the snowfall as well. So give me some time, and we're gonna get it together. Shouts out to my cousin Ty Boogie. I've been telling you guys I'm relocating, <clears throat> and we're almost done. I should. I should be all situated by July. And I was saying how you know by the time I get in the new state. Um, moving from the Midwest to the South. So when I get in the South, I'll be able to get new equipment and set up and be more consistent with everything. And she surprised me yesterday and was like, she believes in me and brought me, you know, some new equipment that I had already planned on getting, but it just was, you know, so humbling and, you know, shouts out to her. Thank you for that. It's always good when, you know, you get people around who believe in you because sometimes you get the second doubt in yourself. So when you get people who believe in you, just say, you know what, I can do this. So um, if you're feeling like, you know, you're discouraged yourself and feel like you can't do something or you want to do something, but, you know, not ready, believe in yourself. Don't let nobody knock you down off your hustle. Get to it. Even if you fall down, get right back up and try again. Like, life is too short. Do what you want to do. Make yourself happy. Believe in yourself. So that's just my little encouragement for today. And just want to shout out my cousin. That was so sweet. It was totally off guard. She caught me off guard. She said, I'm on my way over your house and came over and surprised me with that. So that was that was very nice and very humbling. And I'm so excited about the journey that's coming on with um the platform. You know, we're just starting out. So, of course, you know, it's not that top-notch brand. But, you know, I, I want to really step up my commentary game and you know I'm just proud of myself that I'm even doing this amount right now with everything I have going on but I said I want to try to do everything that I always wanted to do you know I'm not gonna let nobody knock me off mine either you know sometimes people can say one little thing you'll be all confident and it'll just knock your confidence off and you get to second guessing yourself so don't let nobody do that pull yourself up even if you fall or you fail, you can never say you didn't try. But that's enough of me rambling. Um, I, I'm appreciating all of you guys' support. Um, right now, I'm just shutting out the outside world and just working on my dream. So, you guys, my listeners, y'all are my family, y'all are my friends. So, I'm, I want to say I really appreciate your support, honestly. So, let's get into the show. I've rambled on long enough, and I hope you enjoy. Hey, 
Shanice, and she's the one. Her name is Shanice, and she's the one. So before we get into the show, I just want to add my two cents. Um, we will go scene by scene and I'll give my opinion. Um, um, every week that we do this, I go and I pull up the clip for the preview for next week so we can give our predictions of what's going to happen. And I like reading the comments, just seeing what other people got to say as well. And I was reading some people's comment about this episode about how uncomfortable it was to watch and how stuff like this shouldn't be on TV because it's like um, putting stuff, putting ideas in kids' heads that it's okay to, um, you know, be involved with the older person or etc. And I disagree 100% on that. That's my stance. That's how I feel. Because I feel now with what you consider cancel culture, And they want everything to be just black and white, like no feeling into it. And I don't think it should be that way. And let me just explain myself before I, I don't want that to come across the wrong way. I grew up in the nineties. TV shows was much raw and that's, it was more authentic. It showed you what really was going on in the real world. And now by everything is so PC and cancel culture, They'll have kids growing up, if they don't see what's happening, they'll have people who have been sheltered. And when they get out in the real world, they'll take advantage of, get taken advantage of very easily. I think that they should put stuff like this out to show people signs of what could happen to them. You might could meet someone who is trying to groom you and be so, you know, um, <clears throat> just not know what they're doing you know be in denial and <clears throat> that's not good I think that they did this episode it was you know uncomfortable of course I'm gonna get on Martin <laughs> but um on a serious note before we get into the show I just wanted to say that <clears throat> they need to put stuff out there like that because you have people who don't know what to expect, who don't know when someone is taking advantage of them and they need those signs. And I like how they put the warning signs up. Like if you feel you've been a victim of this, you know, you call this number. Um, Back in the 90s, I told you before, Cruel Summer kind of put me in a mind of like that. I, I used to, me and my mom used to watch the Lifetime channel all the time. It puts me in the mind of like those good old Lifetime movies. And then a lot of them took place in Texas and they were based off true stories. Well, they told stories like that, you know, and then it showed you, you know, if a man or a woman is being too friendly, it gave you signs on, you know, not to sit up there and get taken advantage of because you're more gullible at that age. You don't, you know, you don't know when someone is meaning to do you harm, if that makes any sense. So I think it's necessary to put signs out there and let people know it's not a fairy tale. You know, even when you think back of little girls and, we, you know, we grow up and we first, our first um, love for television is mainly Disney when you think about it. And then when you look at the Disney stories, you see the princesses, they're just supposed to grow up 
get that prince and live happily ever after and then when you if you shelter someone and you get them out in the real world it's not a ha happily ever life you know what i'm saying you're not just going to get that prince you know you have a few but we're not all beyonce or whoever you know just got that perfect fairy tale life where it's just you know you got that prince and whatever going on and when you look at even um i might do a, a pod about that when you look at every disney story from uh little mermaid to etc and etc and you look at the origin of it they are all terrible stories that they turned into a fairy tale you know, I want to do a, a pod about that, about the origin of each, each Disney movie. Uh, Peter Pan's, it's horrible, like the origin of it, the guy who wrote it, and uh, the Little Mermaid even, you know. So, um, stuff like in the 90s, like I said, even if you go back to Lifetime, if you ever watched Felicity, that was a really good TV show. It kind of was like a soap teenage drama. Uh, Carrie Russell, she played in a Lifetime movie, and it was called The Babysitter Seduction. And she was a teenager, and she got seduced <clears throat> by a grown man. And, it, you know, but it also it showed you on how they would take advantage of these young girls. And it showed you the bad outcome of it. So, you know, even though they kind of portrayed it, they still showed you um, the turmoil of what it would do to you. You know, so it wasn't glorifying. You don't glorify it, but you put it out there just so, you know, it's real. You don't just sugarcoat everything. Some people need to have real facts so they know what to look out for and won't be, you know, so gullible per se. Another good movie in the 90s um, <clears throat> that showed grooming was... If you ever watched The Nanny, I used to love the TV show The Nanny with Fran Dresser. Okay, if you remember the oldest girl, her name was Nicole Tom. <clears throat> she played in a Lifetime movie, <clears throat> and it was called Indecent Seduction, where she was like a track star, and her coach had took advantage of her. So that's when I, um, that's my point of in the 90s. This is where Cruel Summer takes place up, and that stuff really happened. And I'm only saying that because I read so many comments like, I can't believe they put this out. They shouldn't have this out. And I'm like, no, they need to show what grooming is so young people can know when they are getting taken advantage of or handled inappropriately. And not just little girls. If you go back to another, this was a Lifetime movie in the 90s. And it was a true story of Mary Kay Letourneau, a 34-year-old teacher who had a relationship with her 6th grader student. And he was 12 or 13. They ended up having two children together. She went to prison and when they got out, they got married. They, they got a divorce a couple years ago and she passed last year. But that was, she was a teacher. And not only that, she had a husband and a whole family at home and was molesting her sixth grade student, you know. So stuff like this happened in the 90s. And I think that it's best that they do. They don't don't glorify it, but they do need to broadcast it and let people know this type of stuff happens. You can't just cover up history. You have to let people know so they'll know. Um. You know, if they're getting handled misappropriately, you know, kids are impressionable and they could get taken advantage of. So I don't agree with some of the comments I've seen. And it just shows you how much time has changed. I remember when I was in high school, I kid you not, 
I was in high school and I would be waiting for my bus to pick me up to get home and it would be so many grown men up there picking up those teenage girls and they're like they'll be in like their mid-20s or whatever and they'll be picking up teenage girls like you know it was nothing those girls be hopping in a car stuff like this happened I remember I was sitting um watching like some old some of my old favorite movies and this is old so I'm sure you guys probably never heard of this or seen it but if you have um if you know the singer Cher and she's an actress as well she plays um she played in a movie with Winona Ryder it came out in 91 it was called Mermaids and I used to love that movie when I was younger and I just was watching you know when um the coronavirus hit and the pandemic and everything was locked down I started, you know, it wasn't nothing to do, and I was working from home and just everything else, so I was watching more TV, and I had got to just watching, like, old shows, and um, I watched that old movie, and she was trying to get her 15-year-old daughter to date a 20 28-year-old man. I'm serious. If you go back and watch it, you'll see what I'm talking about, and then even if you love hip-hop, I love hip-hop, you know, um, and you watch Belly, and remember uh, DMX character, Tommy Buns, Tommy Buns, when his girl Keisha, when she caught the little 16-year-old. So stuff like that happened back then, and you have to realize Cruise Summer takes place in 93, 94, 95, so that stuff really did happen. So I'm not trying to hold you guys up. I just kind of wanted to get that out because I was reading some of the comments, and some people were really upset about last night's episode. So... Let's get into the show. Um, I thought it was a really good show. Um, yes, there were definitely uncomfortable parts. Uh, Martin is definitely a creep. Um, I'm still Team Jeanette. I've always been Team Jeanette. Um, even though you don't pick teams, you know. But I'm just like, I kind of more be believe Jeanette a little bit more. Um, but we're not done. It could be, we have one more episode. So it could be a big twist. You never know. Because it's one thing I noticed, and we'll get to that when we get to going uh, scene by scene, but one thing I liked about this episode is we found out about the snowball, the snowball, and we found out how Kate got the necklace, so this episode was necessary because we had so many questions answered that we didn't know, and we was like, where are they going, and I'm wondering, I hope they don't just leave us with no big cliffhanger, because I don't see how they can wrap up everything in episode 10, because we still have to see how the court case goes, but who knows, it's only so much longer that they can drag this out, I, they definitely can't make it to a season 3 in my opinion, but yeah, let's go scene for scene. So, on this episode, it started off different completely. We only seen 1993-94. You know, normally, it goes between three years. But this episode was just basically 94 with Kate speaking with her therapist and going over the details of what happened. And then we also had 93 and them showing us it wasn't on the same day of each, each year. It was uh, over the fall up until Christmas Eve. So this answered a lot of questions that we were just wondering and so confused on. And we finally got our answer. Well, at least I got my answer about Jeanette. But we still have one more episode to go as well. So it opens up and we see... So we see day one. And Kate has entered in Martin's home. And she goes there after the fight with her mother because she's run, she's run away from home. And then it goes back to the therapist. And the therapist is basically trying to tell her how he basically made you feel like isolated. Like the whole world was against you because we have to remember if we're going back. Uh, Kate's stepsister is very standoffish to her. 
her mom plays mind tricks with her. Like she's telling her she didn't see something that she knows she saw. She's like, oh, you're, you're, you're thinking you're just, you didn't see that. And she just realized that everything she believed was lies, you know, and then her step, her stepdad, he kind of stepped back after she brought that bubble up that the mom was having an affair. And she said, well, she just thought you were having an affair too. So her family home is just a mess at this moment. And, you know, she didn't go to her best friend's home, um, or her boyfriend. She went to Mr. To, to Martin home because they have built this weird connection from when they were at the woods in the cabin. She went outside and she's confided in him when Jamie was drunk and he drove her home. She's been confided in him. So in her way, she's, she's growing drawn to him and he's taking advantage of that and using that against her, making her feel like she's all he's all that she has so the therapist is basically breaking that down that the whole time you thought that he was befriending you he was actually grooming you getting getting you ready to do what he wanted you for what he was trying to use you for so we get to that and that's day one so then we wake up and it's, I mean, not we, then we get to day two and Kate is waking up and she's, you know, looking all around the house and, you know, Martin asked ask her like, well, will you be okay walking to school? So he intended on her to leave that day and go to school. I'm guessing, I don't know, not in his head or the writer's head. I'm thinking that he expected her to be at school that day because he asked her like, do you plan on getting to school? And she's like, yeah, I'll be fine. And she also walks downstairs before he gets up and she's looking down downstairs of where, you know, she'll future in the future, she'll be held captive at. And she's down there with those mirrors and stuff again. So I'm still thinking it could be something with the mirrors. We don't know. Cause like I said, I think, I think episode 10, this episode explained a lot, but I think episode 10 is going to unravel some other secrets as well. Um, especially with that snowball and I'll kind of bring that up towards the end. I, I'm, I, I seen something else. So he basically is like, you know, are you going to school? And she like, I'll be there. So he leaves and we see Mallory, you know, that's when she was recording the prank. Now I don't think Mallory seen Kate in the window. She was too busy recording the prank and she hurried up and left. So I don't think that she even noticed Kate. So I don't think that she knew that she was in there. Um, also when she, um, when, uh, when, when she was too busy trying to get that prank and get those recordings together, she would have said something if she would have seen anything funny. So I don't think Mallory seen her when she did the recording. And then we go to it's day two and, uh, Kate's dad and her mother, they're very upset because they don't know what to do. And then they also, um, especially not, not so much the dad, but the mom, she worries about what everybody thinks. You know, a lot of those upper, uh, upper, upper echelon people, you know, especially the rich people, they always have the big scandals and have the most family secrets, but they try to keep everything covered up. So she's worried about, you know, their, their family persona around this small town. And so she don't want to call the police and even let them know that her daughter might have ran away. That's mistake one. You know, so she she's second guessing it. And, but we do see that she is upset about everything that happened. She is upset. And the dad is like, look, we're going to handle our marriage, but we got to worry about her. We got to worry about Kate first. Because remember, he just found out that she'd been having her own little affair. You know what I'm saying? She was having her own little thing. So 
that kind of probably was he probably would have been done with her but i'm thinking that's probably what pushed them back together is they had this tragedy happen in her family and they had to work through that and it was just like you know how you go through something bad and you'll just be like you know forget this we have to stick together and that probably what brought them back to being happily married per se right so then we get to the next scene and mr martin comes uh, mr harris whatever his name is martin harris comes home and he is livid because <clears throat> the the mother then came and she didn't accuse him but you know he know he in the wrong so he already nervous and he like why weren't you at school today she basically she didn't go to school and she's basically trying to pay, play little housewife burning a pizza trying to be a little cook um let's call a spade a spade and she didn't go there and she's like well i'm not a good liar i didn't know what to say I, you know and you could he's like you need to go now so he was trying to put her out she didn't want to leave and then the phone rung and then i'm guessing that was maybe like a detective calling letting them know that one of his students because he is a sister principal is declared a missing person now so he's like well you've been declared a missing person so she's like we can fix this if you help me and this dumb man, dumb man, he sit there and he basically pour him a, a, a glass of scotch right along with her. You know, he, he basically, you know, she's 16, so she can't handle her liquor like that. So he pours them liquor and they get the basically playing a game of truth or dare basically that's what we called it back then or i dare you not or i have i have never did this they get to playing a little truth or dare game and uh <clears throat> he gets the calming down and they almost kiss then she said she you know he kind of sets it up like have you ever kissed the older person so he's he's grooming her he's definitely grooming her and you know he's like i just think it's time that you go to bed so that was just weird. He's sitting here. He's serving her alcohol. That's delinquency of a minor right there. That's a charge on itself. You know, right there. No teenager should be in their teacher's home, a principal's home, etc., etc. <clears throat> so like I said, this episode was strong because it, it needed to everything to be declared of what happened but it was you know like dang you know they were in a in a relationship so she says um he says it's time to go to bed and it goes off like that then it shows the next thing where she's like in the closet and we're thinking maybe she got scared and ran or he might have attacked her but instead he's chasing her now it's a different day and they're basically in a in a relationship you know they're running around and you know, this is, she's playing grown up, basically, you know, he has his own little, he, he's turned her into his little private girlfriend, you know, in so many words, and, you know, right now, it's, it's the adventure of it, so she's having fun, she's not missing her family or friends or anything yet, because this is that, this is adventurous for her, and if you're a girl, and, um, you're, you remember those teenage years, you know, parents couldn't really tell you anything, you thought you knew, when I was 18, I thought I knew everything, I thought I had the whole world figured out, and now, I just realized how dumb I was, and I'm talking about myself, I thought I knew everything, so at this time, this is adventurous for her, she's enjoying staying home, making the bed, cleaning up, watching Oprah and the talk shows, you know, she's enjoying that, 
and everything and he's telling her like you know i'm gonna take you here he's giving her all these false promises letting her know like it's either you have to choose me or if you don't choose me you just have to go back to your family so he's basically making it seem like it's either him or nothing basically and she's so now she's so in a comfortable space where you know she's in in her mind she's in love so it's of course it's all about martin and he tries to make it as sweet as possible for her whatever she wants so it's definitely it was definitely a grooming situation but now we see that they were in a full-blown relationship so she wasn't held captive the whole time so you know she she's missing the outside but she's she's planning family she's planning family trips where they can move far away and everything right so then they like show them laying down and she's such, you know, young and gullible and in denial. She's like, why can't we just tell everybody what's going on? My parents already like you. So that shows she's not living in a reality world. She's thinking she can just go and tell her parents like, hey, I've been with Martin. You know, we in a relationship. So and he letting her know like that can't happen. And he, he's, he let, she, she started to miss her parents a little bit. And he like, look, it's either going to be me we can't this is something that we can't explain we have to wait so he keeps telling her when you're 18 you can go home when you're 18 you can do this and you can do that but she's still in that stage where she's comfortable and she's not anxious yet to get out there in the outside world so as they're like laid up booed up then we see mr turner comes to the door and when they hear the doorbell go off they both get so nervous he basically just pushes her in the in the um closet where it kind of throws her off guard she knows she has to hide but just looking at his actions by how he threw her in the closet that turns her off i mean that throws her off as well so he's acting so jumpy and weird when mr turner comes he's like look bro i just got a flat tire can i just use your phone to call my wife and he's just acting so weird you know and then uh mr turner kind of figures it out like um look did i interrupt you and you got a little boo thing in here or whatever of course he's thinking it's an adult and he's like oh no i'm just under the weather and he like, well, it's two cups in here. He was like, oh, I'm just lazy. Just making up dumb stuff. He could have just said, I got company right now. It's a bad time. But he was just acting so weird. And, he, you know, normally a person would be like, um, your, your your wife is on her way. You can sit here until she comes. But he, his actions were just totally weird. Um, Just, just strange. So he, she, when he leaves, she was like, well, I had to jump in the closet like that. So... That whole thing just shows you how nervous he was and he knew he he knew he was a hundred percent wrong. You are a teacher, principal, whatever. So he gets nervous and puts the curtains all over the house, making it completely dark in there. You would have think that he would have already done that by he's hiding her out. And you can just look inside those windows like that. So he does that. He's nervous. Um I, I don't know because remember they brought it up before that another girl had came out of the Woodworth and she was saying that and then how now it shows us why Kate was so defensive because before she got held captive in the basement this was basically her boyfriend and she thought she was just this special girl because he told her that he had never been in love or, or never been this close or intimate with this, another student or you know anybody her age so that's why she was so like that Stockholm syndrome, you know what I'm saying? And 
from his actions i'm wondering had he ever uh, he might have messed with a, a younger girl before but maybe never had her where she was staying at his house because he is just off the wall frantic paranoid he was so paranoid i thought he might have he was gonna do something to her out of fear you know of course we seen he locked her in the closet but i thought something was gonna come before that because the way how frantic and just um paranoid he was acting it was scaring me so you know we get to that scene and then it goes to the next one and and now we're at the halloween scene and he has her so trained now and fully groomed he has her fully trained now to where she already knows what to say like she said it was an unwritten rule unwritten rule we knew what to talk about and she says you know what she wants to do she said but i know that we can't do it because it'll be bad for you and bad for me which really is going to be bad for him. We're going to get you some therapy and some help, but he needs to be in jail. He don't need to be in no school working, period, point blank, right? And he he has her carving pumpkins, and then he even gives her, I forgot to mention, that he even gives her a homework assignment to give her something to do, like be researching where we need to go uh, visit. So he gives her homework, just some weird, weird pedo stuff, right? And he, they, they carve all the pumpkins, and they put them out like... Um, pick your um grab at your own they so they don't get disturbed basically and he has his own little fortress in there he didn't set it up with the little lights and have it all did up you know it would be romantic if it was two adults and not a grown man with the teenage girl but you know he just has it set up to where they living in their own bubble their own world and he basically made her choose like okay it's either me or the outside world and you know when you're a teenager and you think you in love per se can't nobody tell you nothing right so right now she's still happy. It's Halloween time. She's missing home. She's missing being a teenager, but she's actually liking being with Martin, you know? <clears throat> so then we get to the next scene and it's day 89 and Kate is starting to get uncomfortable. You know, she wants to be there in a way, but she's uncomfortable now. Now she's starting to want to know about the outside world. Every time she mentions something, he changed the subject. She uh, mentions a, a game like I know uh, Skyland is mad by, you know, another town. I forgot the town she mentioned. They be and he kind of like, oh, I didn't notice. He changes every subject. She's like, have you seen my parents? Oh, I've been too busy. And then, you know, he was like, she's sitting there uncomfortable and they're eating dinner. It's just weird. And he like, what's wrong? I know you. And uh, she mentions how, you know, he's not cooking the, the, the stuff in recipe like her mama cooks it. So you can tell she's getting homesick. She's ready to go. And he's trying to change every little thing around and try to make it, make it seem like everything that she needs is him and in at home and change the subject. But now you can see the shift change in her personality to where now she is ready to go. She knows she shouldn't be there and she's ready to go, but he's still got that strong hold over her. So then we get to Christmas Eve, and this is the big day. This is the day that everything changes, and we get our answers about Jeanette. But I'm jumping ahead. Sorry. We um see Kate is laying in the bed. She's depressed, and he tries to, you know, warm her up. He brings, you know, breakfast to bed, you know, trying to warm her up and tell her he'll she'll get whatever he'll get her whatever she wants. He has the little cookies and everything on the tray. And she like, I just want to go to the mall. I want a soft pretzel. I want this. I want that. And he like, you know what? I'll go get you your pretzel. Because everything that she says, he tried to fix it so it can change the subject. And she'll, you know, warm back up. Because he can tell that her whole shift is changing. She is ready to go. Now she's feeling like, you know, she's caged up in this home. 
or whatever. So he decides to go get the pretzel and then he goes to the mall. His dumb ass is so paranoid and just all over the place that when the police come and I think, of course, I know how that feels. I get paranoid when the, I, I, I got my license and everything. I'm totally legit. No, no, nothing criminal about me. But sometimes when the police behind me, I get nervous. But <laughs> the police come probably to stop, you know, a robbery in the store or something. And he instantly just puts his hands up, you know, and they just run past him. So that just shows you that. It's eating him up in the inside too. He is on pins and needles nervous. So while he goes in the mall to get her pretzel, who do we see? Little goofy Jeanette. I'm like, girl, she got that little sneaky, goofy grin on her face. She put her little hood over her head and she take off on her bike. And I'm thinking, before I even see the next scene, I'm like, Jeanette, go sit your Go sit down. Why do you feel so entitled to go in this man house? No matter what, what's going on? Why do you feel so entitled to keep going in and out of this man house? Like, it's just ridiculous at this point. I don't give a damn how much of a thrill it is. You have no right. Like, say, for instance, if he was just not Martin and what's going on in this show, but Mr. Mr. Tony, just up the street. No kid, nobody should be walking in inside of the of the man's house. So I was cussing Jeanette out before I even seen the next scene. Of course, we want her to see Kate to try to save her, even though we didn't play out that way. But it's still like, Jeanette, go sit down. So Jeanette kind of brought some stuff on her own just by being too, too just weird and just... You know, I am team Jeanette, but I'm just calling a spade a spade, you know, keeping it. I, I got to keep it funky on certain stuff. And I'm just like, what are you doing? So, you know, we see Jeanette. She take off on her little bike. And then we got our question answered from last week. When Jamie played that phone call, why it sparked a button, a sparked a plug in Jeanette's head. She like Christmas Eve. He remember what day the message was left and how it sounded because Kate was missing the outside world. And, you know, she didn't call her parents. She didn't call the two stooges, her best friends at the time. She called Jamie. And, you know, left the, well, she didn't leave a voicemail, but the recording was left on the phone and you hear the TV show that was playing. And then you also hear the little thing from the snowball. So Jeanette was in the house. So she knew what television show was shown and she knew the snowball. So while she's playing with the, um, so while she's playing with it, she's calling Jamie. She hears someone's at the door. She hurries up and takes upstairs and runs. Jeanette walks in the house. She's like, oh, cool. She's looking at how they have it all set up in there. She has no reason to be in there. Girl, take. And I did see some comments about, well, why didn't Jamie see that that was her calling from Mr. Martin's house? Baby, this happened in 1993. Caller IDs were not popping like that. Of course, we had them back then, but they just weren't as popular. And then especially if we did have them when she called, she called on his personal line. Back then, we had our own little personal line. When the teenagers, when we had our own personal lines, we didn't have all the high effects like the parents had on the main house line. So that's probably why. We have to remember this is 93, not 2021 lenses. You know, I think in 1999, I didn't even have a cell phone. I still was rocking around with my little green pager. I thought I was a stuff with my pager right so Jeanette nosy but she walking in and she like oh cool she's going through everything looking around being extra nosy and Kate is at the she's she ran at the top of the steps and she's looking on down and you know she kind of notices 
um, Jeanette. Jeanette just feels like she can just grab whatever Martin has in his house and take it with her. Remember, she took his CD. I think she took his yearbook. She just, she's just, she is ridiculous too. You know, sometimes both all these characters in here just make you just say whatever, you know. So she basically gets to playing with the snow globe. Kate trips over something upstairs and that sparks Jeanette. So she runs, but she looks upstairs and by the way, Kate is standing in my eyes. I'm thinking she sees Jeanette, but I do not believe Jeanette saw her. I believe if Jeanette would have saw her, she would have been like, Kate, she, she did not see her, but she kind of looked and seen Jeanette from the angle she was at. So Jeanette looks right up, but doesn't see her. And she takes and flews out of that damn house with that snowball in her hand. But now we have another question answered. That's how Kate got the necklace. So when she was stumbling, stealing out of the house, she dropped the evidence of her necklace. And now we see how Kate got the necklace. So we do know from this point, Kate was lying. Jeanette did not see her. But I'm going to back that up to another prediction at the end or when I'm done with the recap. So like I said, from the angle, I don't think... Jeanette saw Kate I mean I don't think yeah I don't think Jeanette saw Kate Kate the way how she was standing peeking down upstairs she's seen Jeanette and Jeanette flew out that house and now we see how she got that necklace and she went straight to that window and what did she see she seen Jeanette hopping on that bike putting the black hoodie over her head and taking off running with the bike that so now at least we have some answers because every week we're kind of like where are they going with this what what's going on like something is missing now we got most of the questions we need to know answered so season 10 is probably going to be some type of really big cliffhanger but i have a few predictions i'm going to run them by you in a minute so it goes right to the next scene and martin is back at home he's come home with a pretzel she's complaining about his cold he's like i warm it up he's tried to fix every little problem she got but she don't tell him that jeanette was there um she would have told him jeanette was there ain't no telling what he probably would have did to jeanette you see how he flipped on mallory but she don't tell him she like i wanted to keep my own secret and the therapist is saying like well do you think that she was hoping jeanette would tell somebody that you were there and kind of make you for uh force you to part ways with him because you don't want to leave on your own so she's upset and she um also act tells him she doesn't feel good and goes lays down when they get in bed and go to sleep she sneaks out the house runs over her parents house and you know when you're looking on the outside of a window you never know what somebody inside conversation is because she goes and looks and she just sees them uh, the Christmas tree, them drinking wine, them laughing from the outside, but don't know and takes off crying and running. But she doesn't know because you're looking from an outside window. You can't hear a conversation that shows you. You never know what's going on in the inside when you're looking completely on the outside. And they are cr laughing about something that she used to do around Christmas time. And her mother expresses like, this is the first time I've laughed in months. And they, they instantly both start crying trying to pull themselves together. So her mother now is not even really worried about it. She's like, can we just call this Christmas dinner off because she's missing her daughter. So we do see now her parents, they really did love her. They really did 
you know, she, they might have not been the perfect people. You know, of course, her mother didn't handle everything now. But we see her mom was breaking down crying. She is really hurt that her daughter is missing. So, you know, for all the people who were saying, you know, she, of course, she was she did do some terrible things. She was not the best mom, but they were missing her for sure. And we she sneaks back into bed. And of course, we see Martin wasn't asleep the whole time. He knew she was missing his eyes open, looking creepy as usual. So the next day is Christmas and she's feeling a little different now because she's actually snuck out and in her mind she thinks that the world has just moved on without her. She doesn't she didn't sit there to see that her mom was in just total despair and hurt. So now she kind of feels like, well, I got to be here, you know. And he has her opening up her Christmas gifts. And he's kind of playing like that husband boyfriend figure. But also, if you pay attention, he's playing like a father figure to her as well. Because, you know, he comes at her like, you ready for Santa to bring you your gifts? Or she has to ask him, is it okay if I go to bed? So it's, you know, it's very weird and very, very triggering, right? So he gives her a gift. And this gift is like to me what you would give a a grown woman he gives her the pearl necklace and has her dressed up like she's little miss housewife and they are sitting there eating christmas dinner and he's asking her what's the change in her and you know then he just mentions like where did you go you know you got up and when she tells him that she went home he flips out and then she gets to flipping out like i don't want to be here i want to go home Where's my suitcase? And he tells her downstairs. Now, of course, as viewers, we already knew that was a mistake. Don't go down them stairs. But, you know, if he had been, and realistically, if he had been hiding her out, of course, he would hide her suitcase somewhere where if anybody did burst in the house and she had to hide her belongings, just wouldn't be out in the open like that. So it kind of did make sense to me for them to be downstairs. But she runs downstairs and then she has on that red dress. So... We know that we are the viewers. We knew, okay, this is the day where she got locked in the basement. And he closes the door and gets to playing his music, gets to drinking his scotch, looking like he's lost his freaking mind. She's steady yelling like, you know, I won't tell anybody I was here. I'll make something up. But he's so controlling and just know he was wrong from the jump start. He's, it's a, you know, he's probably thinking... For number one, he's going to go to jail. Of course, he's going to lose his job. That's not not without a question. You know, and then he don't want her to leave. You know, he, he, he like, I love you. We're in love, blah, blah, blah. But that was my cruel summer recap. My predictions is the next episode, I've seen the scenes, and it's like we see them sit in court, and we see Kate and Jeanette finally come face to face, and then she was like, she tells Jeanette, like, you know you saw me, and Jeanette finally is standing up for herself like, no, I didn't. Now, one thing, and they always talk about victim blaming per se, but even if you're a victim, sometimes you can do wrong stuff, because I think even though Kate was a victim, she still wrongly accused Jeanette of seeing her and ruined turned this girl whole side life upside down now it's two ways you can look at it maybe Jeanette did see her because remember it could be a twist this happened in December Kate is not going to be found until June 1994 
This is still December 93. So we still have months to go when Jeanette and Jamie become this relationship. So we see that Jeanette's like to sneaks back and forth in front of this house. So maybe she did sneak back over there and see her. But from what we see now, Jeanette did not see her. But this is still December. So we still have months to go. So maybe in those months, maybe she did see her. But from now, I'm going to say she didn't see her. Also, we see on the preview, she takes the snowball to Mallory. So I'm thinking that she's probably going to take the snowball to Mallory because they're not friends anymore. And maybe try to give it to her like a gift, a peace offering for them to come back friends. And we see... Mallory yelling like you're still sneaking inside the house so I, I'm wondering because uh, it shows Mallory with like the same hoodie on or raincoat that Jeanette had on so I'm wondering did Mallory sneak back over there but we don't know that's just a theory that I've been seeing I don't know myself that's probably far-fetched but we don't know also I'm wondering because it's, 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 we still, you have to kind of piece it together. We still have a few more months to go. So I'm wondering, will it be a season two? And I'm wondering, will that be the court hearing? But that just seems like for it to be a season two, that's going to be a long dragged out court hearing. We basically then got down to the basics of it. As far as Annabelle, I'm still going off. Maybe I thought it was an alternate personality, but if you look at the previews for next week, he says, you always wanted to know how the end game is. Let me introduce you to Annabelle. So I'm a little confused. At first I was saying maybe it could be a side person. I mean, a split personality, but he mentioned Annabelle first. So I don't know if it's going to be a gun. I don't know. Cause remember he said his dad killed himself. So I don't know if he's going to kill himself or was it Kate who killed herself? Cause we know Kate can shoot. Remember they was out at the, at the woods and they was getting their shoot on. So we know Kate can shoot. Remember he didn't like guns. So all in all, I thought this was a really good episode. Of course it was, um, uncomfortable cause you don't want to see a grown man, you know, sexually assaulting a teenager like that. But like I said, stuff like this is very necessary they do need to put stuff out there because you have people who are very impressionable who might have been very sheltered who come from you know uh i thought it was done in a tasteful scene because they didn't go too far even the shower scene when he ran out they didn't go too far they show a little little kissings here and there just to get the idea and then to show people that is grooming if you come across somebody like that they are trying to take advantage of you they are trying to do that so i'm not you know making any excuses no that is completely wrong I thought this was a strong episode. I thought this was one of the, the strongest episodes because it gave us all the answers we needed and brought all the clues together. But I, there are very m many more clues to bring because we see that um, it's months to go. So a lot could happen in a couple months. As far as now, I don't think Jeanette's seen her. But we still have a few more months to go. And then also, if you go back to episode one, Jeanette knew a little bit more than what she said. If you go back and you look to when the two best friends was like they found Kate and how she just jumped, how nervous she was. So anything could have happened in a few months. So it's probably a lot more to see. But now we see that, you know, Kate was not truthful with her things. And if Jeanette really didn't see her, that was both on how she ruined her life. But with sitting in his home, being captivated like that. She knows she's seen Jeanette in that house. So it could have been a piece of her in her mind because she thought it was powerful that she kept that secret. Like she had a secret that nobody knew. 
I wonder, did she ever think that Mr. Martin had a, had a little secret affair going on with Jeanette? Because how does she have a key to his house? We don't know, right? Also, um, the last episode, he told her that Jeanette and Jamie had moved on and they were in a relationship. So think about all that time you're being captivated in this basement. That's probably hate building up towards Jeanette. So she probably hated Jeanette just because Martin was playing mind games with her head. And she's seen Jeanette in that house and wondering how does she has a kid at this house. So yeah, I cannot wait for next week. And we will talk about the season finale. And uh, we'll see if they leave us with a cliffhanger. Or if they close it out with season one. And then we'll just have to get a new show to watch. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate the support. I hope that you enjoyed my recap. But um, I'll be back on tomorrow. We'll start reviewing Narcos. We'll do season two. And, um, you know, all the other shows that we plan on plan on getting to. Um, after I move, we're going to get into way much more content. Way much more content. But for right now, we're going to keep it with the TV shows. I'm enjoying it. I hope you guys are enjoying it, too. It's a very humbling experience. Like I told you before, I've been wanting to do the commentary game for a long time. So by the time I move and get situated, Lord's will. Because sometimes when you plan your life, God can change everything around so they say if you want to plan plan your life and you want to make god god laugh plan your life and you'll see how it turns out so the good lord's will after i get situated i plan on really getting to this commentary game i plan on bringing on guest people i want to learn more about stocks and stuff so i will like i know someone who's really good at that i might bring him on i tell my brother i want him to come on so we can debate hip-hop because um, I, I think I'm a hip-hop head, and me and him, like, we we argue back and forth about hip-hop and everything, and then I, I wouldn't mind bringing my mentor on, who's helping me with my with my novel, he's he's really dope, he's really dope, he has a lot of, a lot of insight on a lot, so, um, as we go further, I plan on getting this together more, um, don't forget, if you are a fan of Tupac and Michael Jackson, I am doing two tributes, two podcasts dedicated to them this month as well. So, thank you so much. I hope you guys are enjoying your day. Be safe out there, and I will catch you next time. And on that note, it's your girl Shanice, and I'm out.